and good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the 8 O'Clock Spot live here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account. As always, I'm your host slash judge slash moderator, Bryson Carver. Very excited to be with you on this Tuesday night. we got three excellent panelists, starting off with a guy who's in the top five right now in our 8 O'Clock Spot standings, which we'll get into in just a moment. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the villain himself. It is Barry Grant Jr., the host of the All Even Podcast. Barry, how are you doing tonight, man? I am doing fine, sir. Um... I'm just ready to get my win back from last week. And every time I appear on this show, it's either I'm in the finals or I win, right? So I expect to be in the finals and I expect to win. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, listen, you're like Tim, but you have wins. Our, our guy, Tim Barnard, you, you get to the finals every time, but a couple of times, no, that was unnecessary. I like Tim. He, he He's a nice guy. He he hates me uh, for, for not putting me, for not giving a win every once in a while, but Tim, it is coming if you're watching. Second panelist is Adam Bessie from the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast, one-third of that trio. Adam, how are you doing right now, and how's the offseason going right now, in your opinion, for the Cowboys? You're, you're muted. You're muted, buddy. Let's see. I'm flexing again. Yes, off season is chaotic and uh yeah it's very stressful i mean with this with it hasn't hasn't even really begun and it feels like it's just chaos so a lot of off season to go a lot of uh, sh- uh bad cowboy uh disappointing news for us o- over the next six months specifically even with like stephen jones coming out and giving just a lackluster response it's just like it's not gonna end so yeah we're in the sahara desert of uh of news for for the nfl but seems like every day the Cowboys have something to uh, to want to cry about, you know? <laughs> well, listen, they're the gift that keeps on giving in terms of topics. There's no question about that. The, the, the last thing, I'll tell you this, the last thing Jerry Jones wants the Cowboys to be is not losers, is to be uh, un, uh, un, uh, you know, unimportant or or not that interesting, and, and they certainly accomplished that on an annual basis. And finally, John Rivera, multi-time champion. He is just a, I checked the standings. We're about to check, about to check him in just a second. Just a hair outside the top five in the 8 o'clock spot, the host of the Fan Perspective Podcast. John, John, how are you feeling today, my man? Fantastic, man. I get the, I get the I'm at like the final boss, you know, we face the bad guy at the end, you know what I mean? I'm top five when he's been, probably been on the show probably like six times total, so that's, that's good, baby. Let's go. When you show up, you get it done, and that, that's why I respect. We already got some comments uh, up in here. Our guy Patrick Brown at the Grid Network. What's up, fellas? Have a great show. Let the shenanigans begin, shall we? Shout out to Patrick, who uh, writes some great articles for the Grid Network website. AJ, your guy Adam from the Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast, a multi-time contestant on the 8 o'clock spot. Fired up, boys? Well, that's exactly what we're about to do. And everybody, of course, feel free to chime in the comment section. Let us know what you think about what's going on. Let's check our 8 o'clock spot leaderboard real quick. And there's Mike Guida at the top. He's been at number one for quite some time now, over 70000 points. He's followed by Alfred Parsar Jr., Dalton Brown, there's Barry Grant Jr., Devin Nettles, there's John Rivera, Dylan Lima, there's Adam Bessie, EJ Salvage, Ryan Flowers, Anthony Bessie, Tim Barnard, Alex Johnson, and Eric Van Litten at the bottom of the standings. Let's move into our first round rules real quick. It's quite simple. A good, I'm sorry, great take gives you 200 points. A good take gives you 100 points. An okay take gives you 50. And a bad take, you come home empty-handed with zero points. We're going to talk a little NFL draft to start off the night. Caleb Williams, the presumed first overall pick uh, potentially uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in that regard. It's quarterback out of USC, but there's rumors and reports such as from B- Peter King. Shout out to Peter King. He retired recently, but he wrote in his column that it's possible that the Bears could pass up drafting Caleb Williams and, and instead keep Justin Fields and trade that pick for multiple picks to try and build the roster around Fields going into year four for him. So I'll start with Barry Grant Jr. I know you're a, a big USC guy. 
Should the Chicago Bears keep the number one pick and draft Caleb Williams or trade it and build around Justin Fields? I think they should build around Justin Fields and trade it and be able to get more assets because the thing is, do we really know if Caleb Williams is going to be that guy? I've I've had discussions about this with several people. I'm a USC fan. I've seen this kid up close. He's good, but is he suited to jump into a situation in Chicago that's not ready-made for him to succeed right now? In USC, it was ready-made for him to be good. The offense is good. You know, everything is, is there in regards to he had the quarterback whisperer for you, right? And even as great as the offense was, he still struggled mightily in big games this year. So if you're going to fast forward that and put him into a situation where it's not really ideal for him to succeed this season, what are you really doing? I'd rather you, you know, deal with the devil that you already know. You know that Justin Fields is not a great quarterback. He's not a great passer of the football, but he's an athlete. So you can be able to put some pieces around him, get some weapons. Maybe you can get another another good wide out or two, uh, you know, get him a, a, a solid running game that they can be able to really trust and, and, and rely upon. And now you can be able to do things the right way and build this team out the, how you want to do it. Obviously, he's still in his rookie contract. Um, you don't have to pay him a ton of money right now. So it's best that you be able to do that, build the roster out. And if you have to make a decision in a year or two, you're in a better position than you were, you know, like, you know, last year or, or the year before that, two years from now. So I think it's better off that they go ahead and just trade the pick, keep fields and build the roster out because, you know, they're they're. They're not as bad as a lot of people think if they completely, you know, start to build the team out and start to kind of fill some holes that they need to fill. Yeah, and I, I think you hit, make a great point about, you know, the, the roster. It's, it's not near as bad. And obviously, you know, for clarification, folks may not know, they don't have the first overall pick because they were they were terrible. They had the first overall right. pick because of the trade with Carolina and the right. Bryce Young, and obviously the Panthers went on to be the worst team in football. But I think you bring up a very interesting point about the situation that Caleb's going in, and I think you're a lot of ways you're alluding to the coaching staff in Chicago is a bit so-so. Eberflus, has he really proved much in his first couple years with the Bears? And I think that was really Chicago's, well, we'll see what they do with this first pick, but I think that in and of itself was a big mistake not moving on from Eberflus. Loose. You could have brought in again. Ben Johnson did stay in Detroit, but at least make a push for Ben Johnson. Maybe go out and get a Mike Vrabel, more of a proven guy, if not a proven guy, uh, somebody who's a more innovative type of of creator to work with the Caleb or Justin Fields. Uh, but I, I think you made some good points in general. So Barry Grant Jr. gets a good take, 100 points on the board uh, for Barry uh, to get started uh, on the eight o'clock spot. Adam Bessie, should the Cowboys? I'm sorry, should the Bears trade the first overall pick? I'm thinking, I'm thinking Campan. I'm thinking camp fan. I'm thinking camp fan. Um, should the Chicago Bears, though, should they trade the first overall pick and roll with Justin Fields, build around him, or take Caleb Williams and then move on from Fields uh, after that? Yeah, I, I 100% trade the pick, get all of the assets that you need to shore up your team in whatever way it is in trades or picks. Um, I think you look at Caleb Williams and whether or not it's been a smear campaign, but everything that kind of has leaked out about the guy – from a, a non-Bears fan, but just a fan in general of the NFL and seeing news pop up. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not. I've never talked to Caleb Williams, but doesn't seem like someone that I would want uh, with the maturity level to run my team, specifically if they're not uh, completely a sound team as uh, the underwhelmingly energized Barry Grant Jr. said tonight. Sorry, Barry. I was just expecting more fire from you tonight. And you're just a... Uh, you're not you're not pumping me up right now. I need I need a a, a more energized second take from you there, pal. Um, but uh, 
you know, the bears, the bears would be better to, uh, you know, put their effort into Justin Fields and get the assets around that quarterback. Because if that quarterback goes down, you want to have somebody else that you can put into the system and continue on with the team. And you can do that with the additional assets, but on the maturity level alone, I would not be putting my franchise on, on Kayla Williams for now. I mean, talk to him during the combine, talk to him during the selection process. Teams should be doing their due diligence, but in the, the day, we have no idea. Look at how many round one quarterbacks have gone bust. And then other people who haven't gone uh, first overall pick, maybe the second overall pick that have been like surefire studs like CJ Stroud. So, but yeah, Bears should be passing up on Caleb. That's my yeah, take. Yeah, and I, I, I think that there's, you know, I put together a list. I don't even know because something you said, I don't know why it just kind of sparked at my head about, uh, yeah, like every first round NFL quarterback since 2012. And I'm just skinning, skimming through the list, um, you know, you know, since, uh, uh, since you know, since 2012, but uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at guys like like Joe Burrow uh, was able to uh, to was able to succeed. But again, you look at the list, you see some Josh Rosens, you see some. I mean, remember Paxton Lynch in 2016, who the Cowboys almost got. That was like whoa. I mean, th- there's there's been a lot of guys that have been bust. Only a few like Luck, like Burrow, like some of those guys have been able to pan out. Um, and and so like you said, it, it's it's not always a surefire thing. So Adam Bessie, I'm going to give you a good take. I think you make some interesting points in regards to you know his maturity because like Baker Mayfield, that was a big concern for him coming in. And in some ways, that's kind of what did his career in Cleveland at least. Uh, in uh, in a very large way. So a good take by Adam Bessie. Finally, with John, John, John Rivera, would you trade the first overall pick if you were the Bears or would you use it to take Caleb Williams? Well, first, you know what I mean? You know, Notre Dame always beat USC, so that's just a shout out Barry right there. You know what I mean? Shout out to Irish. Um, at first, I was with everyone, man. Like, you know, Keith Fields, get more picks for them and stuff like that. But I'm kind of leaning the, the other way now as recent days and weeks pass by, man. I mean, maturity level, like he said, I mean, everyone has that kind of thing going, especially when the draft heats up. They want to hit, they want to throw stuff out there that, you know, for the Washington or somebody to come and get them and trade for them. Hopefully they don't pick them, you know, to get their guy, as they say. So, but um, yeah, I, w- I would actually draft Kayla Williams, man. I don't, as far as the, comparison of fire like level of play it's not too far from each other i love justin fields um you can get a high second round draft pick for him so you're still getting value for justin Fields. you know what i mean you got the ninth pick i mean you reset the market far as quarterback position so then you can go all out and get more weapons you can add uh saquon barkley if they want to add that to the backfield you can add an offensive lineman they made some of these draft uh trades to get a well sweat last year from um Washington. So just like that guys were alluding to, they not they didn't get the number one pick because there's they was that trash. They got number one pick for making this trade last year and they got picks and they got picked. They traded that pick, like I said, for sweat as well. So I would, you know, draft them, like I said, build around Caleb Williams, especially if you think the talent level or the, you know, is kind of the same, you know what I mean? But that way you can use all that money and build around them. You know what I mean? Build around them, I would say. And like I said, you're getting a high draft pick for Justin Fields, you know what I mean? So I don't think the biggest, like I said, I don't think it's the, the the levels are high enough for me to be like Justin Fields, you know what I mean, and build around Justin Fields because, I mean, just like he alluded to, all these quarterbacks, you don't know if they're going to hit or miss, you know what I mean? You got three years with Justin Fields. You see, I see stuff. Ten you know seconds, I mean? John, John. Okay. Well, like I said, I'll just take, man, I'll take Kayla Williams with the first pick. Like I said, I'm still getting draft pick for um, Justin Fields, man. Just build around him. You got all the money to do it, man. 
For sure. And, and I think I, I'm, I think you hit on some phenomenal points that you will not be able to build to the degree that if, if you trade the number one pick, you won't, you'll get a greater return than if you trade Justin Fields, obviously. But like you said, you can still be able to do that. You still have your own draft pick. Uh, again, if, in, you know, in the top 10, like just kind of like you did a year ago, Bears are in a similar position. They could have taken Stroud. They decided not to. Now they're, you know, sort of getting a mulligan. And again, you, like you said, you know what Fields is three years in. And is he good? Does he provide some highlights? Yeah, sure. He's, he's, he's like, he's not, you know, not to take a shot at a Jets guy, but he's not Zach Wilson. Like he provides some upside. Uh, but listen, when, when you see what Caleb Williams could do, and again, he's cheap. You get him on the cheap for three years until you have to extend him or move on. So I think from a financial standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. So, John, John, I'm going to give you a great take 200 points moving into uh, the second round. I, again, I think it's, like it's not like you're going to draft Caleb Williams, keep Justin Fields, and get nothing for Justin Fields. You're going to get something, like you said, high second rounder. And listen, Drew Brees was drafted at the top of the second round. Now they won't take a quarterback, obviously, but you know, you know, first rounders. We've seen what 33 percent kind of kind of be busts. Uh, you know, over the last decade or so. You know, we'll see if they're able to to pan out uh, with the, with the Bears draft. But there, there's a strategy to play this at. Um, and then one one last thing, we'll move on. If you trade that first overall pick and get a bunch of picks in return, now the pressure's on you to hit on those picks. It's not like you're getting players that are proven. Like, you know, so there's there's a whole different as opposed to just getting on one uh, with Caleb Williams. So uh, very uh, definitely a very layered conversation. Moving on to our second round rules. Everything gets doubled from the first round. A great take gives you 400 points. A good take gives you 200. An okay take gives you 100 points. And a bad take, again, zero points. Let's move to the NBA for a second. We're talking about two of the greatest players of all time. LeBron James for the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James and Steph Curry with the shot, as Drake said. Uh, give you a Canada shout out there, Adam. Uh, Drake, uh, Steph Curry. Chef Curry with the shot for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, both have four rings. Both are all-time legends. And uh, both are toward the bottom of the Western Conference. Uh, Warriors and Lakers kind of fighting for that 9-10 spot. We'll see if they're able to, to advance the stangs as time goes on. But not necessarily just this year, but moving forward, I'll start with you, Adam. Um, who is more likely to get ring number five? Is it LeBron James or is it Steph Curry? Uh so we're not just talking about this season, right? You're saying this season moving forward. For the forward. rest of their careers. Yeah, for the rest of their careers. I mean, Steph Curie, Steph Curie, chef, the Steph Curry. Uh, I'm not a basketball fan, but ultimately just age alone and skill set and the way that he's been playing uh, with recency. So if we want to go recency bias, um, my money's on Steph Curry. And my money would be on Steph Curry over LeBron even this year. Um, you know, going in, going into uh, the finals and what is it the call the play-in teams that they're uh, that the yes. Lakers and the the state or the Golden State Warriors are right now? I mean the the Golden State Warriors are starting to kind of hum. And I'm like, look, I I'm a I'm a fan of movie moments. So LeBron being 40 years old and still being able to ball, I want him to get another ring. And I don't even I'm not even a fan of any basketball. But I saw a Kendrick Lamar concert with LeBron James. He didn't know that I was actually at the concert with him. He was a few rows up from me dancing, but I was still at a concert with LeBron James. And so I have an, a bit more of a, a, an affinity for LeBron over Steph Curry. But I just think with the age and the team that's surrounding Steph Curry right now, and both of these teams are guys that you build a team around, I think the Golden State Warriors would be where my money my money would go for show. This is... The well, this is the second time, just for the audience to know, this is the second time that Adam has done a segment on the 8 o'clock spot for a sport that he doesn't follow. 
And for the second time, he's going to get a good take. I'm going to give you the 200 points for a good take, get you to 300. But Adam, uh, for now in the lead, yeah, I, I think you you bring up some really interesting points that, again, just as far as age, again, LeBron saw some steps, I think, a little bit better at this point. Uh, but again, you talk about the front office in Golden State has been far more trustable, I think, in, in recent years than the Lakers have been. Uh, and, and again, just from a pure math standpoint, Steph doesn't look to be slowing down at all. LeBron, again, doesn't exactly look to be slowing down, uh, but he certainly isn't. I mean, again, he's averaging 25, you know, eight and seven on 50% from the field, which is crazy. Um, but, but, he, uh, but he, yeah, look at, look, yeah, look at the, look at this, the recency stats, right? Like that's where that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. Steph is just continuing to, to push through. LeBron hasn't been there for a few years. So just from eyeballing it, sorry, John, I didn't mean to cut in on that. You can dock me 50 points if you need to Bryson for uh, stepping in. Now you're on mute. Yep, I think the camera disconnected there. I think it was, should be good from. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, my, my mic cut out. That take was so so hot. But nonetheless, I certainly agree with a lot of the points you made. To John Rivera, who is more likely to win a ring? Ring number five. Is it LeBron James or is it Steph Curry? First of all, LeBron James is the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers or whatever franchise he is on. Uh, second of all, man, you got to get you a basketball team, man. You got to get you a basketball team for sure. <laughs> Uh, thirdly, uh, I would say, man, me personally, I would say LeBron and for the, for the, for the simple fact is he's the GM. He makes things happen. You know, when you get with the, uh, with the Warriors, you kind of locked in They're you know, they're married as you know, they don't want to trade, uh, play and make all these moves and stuff like that. So, you know, they're going to pe- kind of, kind of stay put. LeBron's going to will and deal. What's going to get me here. What's going to make me win. Uh, he's possibly can be a free agent. And he can make five dollars and go to a contender and help them get to a ring. You know what I mean? Where Steph Curry, he's going to be a warrior for the rest of his life, man. He's gonna they're gonna give him part of the team. If not, they already got that part of the deal right now. So I just think LeBron James will just for the just for the simple fact that he can choose who he wants to come play with him, and he can choose who he's gonna play for. You know what I mean? He's about to be a free agent. You know, reports say that he's gonna sign a you know contract with the Lakers, but still. We talking about LeBron James. He said he want to play with his son, so uh, he does what he wants to do. So I think LeBron James basically had the better chance, just because he's more free out here. You know what I mean? On these streets, as they say. You know what I mean? That's why I would say LeBron James is more more likely to win a title because I can see him going to another team. You know, and just being that. You know, however LeBron want to do it, equal dollar roll and win a championship that way. You know what I mean? He, I, I'll tell you this. I don't think LeBron would do that. I, I don't think LeBron would, because listen, you, you know the the again, not not to take shots at any, any Jordan fans. I know you're a Bulls fan, and, and and MJ is worst case, worst case, the second best player. I've heard some people put him as low as three. That's crazy. Um, but l- listen, I think you know the, the Jordan fans would be like, oh, that's just a free, that's a cheap ring. That's like, was was it Tra- was it Tracy McGrady? It wasn't Tracy McGrady. It was um, was it Chauncey Billups? I forget who it was who was on the Spurs team that almost won the finals in 2013, and he would have gotten a ring. But uh, n- nonetheless, I I do think he brings some good points that you know LeBron will listen. LeBron wants to go in free agency. He could go to Miami. He could go to Philadelphia. There's, listen, even at age 39, going on age 40 uh, next season, he'll have plenty of plenty of suitors out there. So I will right. also give John Rivera a good take, getting to 400 points again, back in the lead. I, Again, I think that is there's a lot of components to to this that that make a lot of sense. And you know, if, if you plug him into a team like Philadelphia, where he could be the second best player, or a team of Miami where he'd be the best player, but if your number two is Jimmy Butler, you're in really really good shape. And we know knowing Jimmy's playoff history, uh, so that could work. Um, it doesn't appear Barry Grant Jr. will be able to uh, be a part of the segment. So 
We will move on to our third round rules. Put it, go and put up the uh, the scoring put uh, output right now. Uh, great take gives you 800 points. A good take gives you 400 points. An okay take gives you 200. And a bad take, again, zero points right there. Let's move back to the NFL draft for a second. The NFL scouting combine, uh, which we're basically going into right now, Caleb Williams of USC, Drake May of North Carolina, and Jaden Daniels of LSU. Arguably the top three quarterbacks of the draft. Certainly Williams and May. Definitely Williams is certainly going number one. May reportedly could go second overall to the Washington Commanders. Uh, but none of those three uh, do uh, look like, again, according to reports, that they're going to be throwing at the Combine. So I will start with you, uh, Adam. Should these quarterbacks, or really in, in the future, other top-rated quarterbacks coming into drafts, should they tr- throw at the NFL Scouting Combine? I mean, in a situation like this where if Caleb Williams is projected to go first overall and he's not going to throw, then it's better for the following top three quarterbacks or the top two quarterbacks to also not throw because what we saw with the in previous years and previous drafts is like whoever's projected to go number first overall doesn't necessarily happen or even who's projected to go number two could possibly fall into the second or third round or possibly go into like uh, late later rounds and not get drafted depending on what they possibly do at the combine. So I think in, in a, in where we, where we're at today and the, the way that social media can provide like an outlet and a voice for some of these players in negative ways and also positive ways, I would be looking at my own camps. I would, uh, my own sessions, I would be banking on my own meetings. And then that's where I would show my teams. If I'm a surefire player, knowing what my capabilities are, and I believe I'm going to go, let's say top three in the first round. If that number one person who's projected to go first, doesn't decide to throw, I wouldn't be going out there to prove it. I I think, I think it's actually a smart move on those, on, on the three guys or the two guys who are, uh, Drake, um, what are their names? Uh, Jalen and Drake, Jaden Daniels, Yeah, yeah, Jaden Daniels and, uh, and, and Drake may, sorry. Um, to, to not do it after Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams. I don't think it's, it's not a mandatory thing. I think if you look at what the combine does, it's to try to help secure yourself a stronger, a stronger spot in the draft and show up and show out for the, uh, for the teams and the players, or sorry, the teams and the coaches that you might not have and had an opportunity to talk to, but we've seen what the, the combine can do to tank your results. So yeah, I think there's other opportunities for them. And I think, uh, this is a smart move for, for those, um, for the other quarterbacks based off of what number first overall, if Caleb Williams was throwing, I'd be getting in there and I'd be showing out. It's like, it's like that kind of competition. Yeah. I think that's an interesting way to look at it. And again, when you're talking about the, you know, it's, it's sort of like if the first overall pick presumably, excuse me, presumably is going to be throwing, you know, you're not out there now. Like you said, now there starts to be some questions. Uh, but again, Drake may all reports. Now, again, Drake may seems to, from a lot of the, the analysts I've seen, seems to be a very polarizing figure. There are those who think he's outstanding. Those who have some concerns about, it. I saw somebody today say he, they wouldn't take him in the first round, uh, which I think is, is a little nuts, but listen, we'll, we'll see what happens with, 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 you know, his, his overall process. And obviously Jaden Daniels as well. Uh, who's a good throw of the football Heisman trophy winner uh, and, and a fantastic athlete. So we'll see where he pans out as well. But uh, this is a good, I'll tell you this, this is a good opportunity for guys like JJ McCarthy, some of these lower yep. first round guys, high yep. second round guys, potentially uh, show up and show out at the scouting combine. So I'll ask you, John Rivera, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels not throwing at the combine. Is this a good decision? Yeah, I think, I think especially if you're locked in, like those three quarterbacks are like the three quarterbacks to go, you know, like he's going to go, Caleb going to go one, and then it goes, who's, who's the commanders going to pick? Who's going to New England going to pick or who's they going to trade out with? So yeah, if he was throwing, then like he said, I would throw too, you know what I mean? But at the same time, he's locked in at number one. If it was, if it was like you said, J.J. McCarthy or somebody that's trying to rise up and might, you know what I mean, 
get into that third slot or something, then you might want to throw it be Jalen Daniels or something like that. But a lot of these guys, not even quarterbacks in general, like if you're already locked in to that, don't don't you don't gotta do, you know what I mean, certain workouts, so I mean to prove yourself, you know what I mean? Especially for the quarterbacks, like one second, buddy. Especially for the quarterbacks to be like um throwing. So it's not gonna hurt their stock. Like I said, if there was a competition for these spots, then yeah, you throw, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> this gives a better opportunity, like you said, for the other guys, for the other other top five quarterbacks to, you know, hire their stock, you know what I mean? Because you might see five quarterbacks get drafted in the top ten, four, you know what I mean? But it's definitely going to be three that's going and it's them three. So it's not – I don't think they can help their stock either, you know what I mean? It's one of those kind of things. Yeah. Like, like it don't matter if they go and shoot or they don't, you know what I mean? It's not going to hurt or it's not going to help their stock right now, so – but even if it was a chance to hurt their stock, yeah, just sit out, do all the other measurements, you know what I mean? Like I said, May, comparing them to Josh Allen, you just said somebody second round. Just like I was saying earlier, like, it's that time of the year, man, when they throw them smokes out there for them guys can drop, but they can draft their guys, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so, it's, yeah, I'm fine with them not throwing, you know what I mean? For sure, and, and I'll tell you this. I, I think before I show John John's score, I think the – I think the combine of all the positions that go, I think quarterback, I think we learn the, the least with quarterbacks at the combine because you got to realize it's guys in tank tops, in shorts, in an indoor stadium without pressure. They're not reading a defense. Like you really don't, the, like the one, the Anthony Richardson last year is one of the, <laughs> what's up, what's up? Um, Anthony Richardson is one of the, the rare instances of guys who they show up at the combine and it's like, whoa, like who is it? Like it boosted their draft stock. That doesn't happen very often. Again, I don't think you learn a ton from guys throwing in in, in tank tops or t-shirts at their pro day in that case. Uh, so I'll give you a good take. John Rivera back in the lead at 800 points uh, to move into uh, the second place, or, or sorry, back into the uh, the first place spot. Um, we'll move on to the final round uh, of the eight o'clock spot. Let's go and put up our final round rules. It's again, it's winner take all, winner go home. The winner gets 10,000 points. It's the great equalizer of the eight o'clock spot spot tournament the loser comes home empty-handed with zero points an interesting topic in regards to college basketball but it could apply to a lot of other sports so after wake forest upset duke on saturday at wake forest there was an incident where kyle filipowski I believe I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, guy was was uh, in some ways attacked by by uh, Wake Forest students. There was some contact. He had to be helped off the court, and it's really kind of sparked a debate about uh, whether or not storming the court or storming the field, whatever, after a big upset, is safe for players, safe for really anybody involved. Um, I have a, a mini take about this, but I'm curious to hear y'all's first. I'll start with you, Adam. Should it court storming or storming the field of field of play in general? Should that be policed? Should it be you know? Should we take a look at how to make it safer? Yeah, I mean, we're we're every year. It seems like the conversation is, how do we make something safer? How do we make something safer? I mean, there is no getting around the fact that things. Uh, it's almost like common sense has gone out the window for people, specifically younger younger people uh, in sporting events. I don't even want to say alcohol infused sporting events. I mean, you know, some of these guys are probably sneaking in some uh, some drinks into some of these games, and they're getting a little sauced up maybe smoking a little uh, smoking a little vapes or some dopes, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, like any situation where you're going into a crowded space in 2024, I think like it is very sketchy. Look at Cam Newton got jumped at his own thing on, on uh, over the, over the last week. So do I agree as a parent that we should be making these things safer? Absolutely. Um, you know, it is the first incident uh, in a long time. I, I don't, I think I don't, I don't want to say ever, but like an athlete actually getting injured 
on people storming the court. Um, I, you never heard about it before. And is it because we're getting a little bit too sensitive with how we should be approaching things and, and in crowded situations. So, you know, this is, this is, I'm all for, this is tradition. This is what we do. At the end of the day, it doesn't really, it doesn't really mean anything to the game for, for these college fans to come storming the court after a game, but it is part of that school tradition. Like, why do you think people show out to a college game? They want to get wild. They want to cheer for their team. Um, but yeah, you know what? It's 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 one of those incidents where we probably will see more of it coming up if they allow it to go uh, further. But yeah, I mean, it's just in my parental mindset goes yes. I mean, we we want to make these things safer. It's easy enough to say, just don't allow it uh, and and make it done. Like put a line in the sand and and then just draw it there because I don't see how you can make it safer. You hold people off, let the players leave the court have armed guards around it. Like, what are you going to do to make it safer? It's there's always going to be some sort of uh, injury that could potentially happen to these upcoming stars and athletes. So I don't think you can make it safer. If anything, you either cut it or just let it be. Yeah. I, I and I think I, I do know there was an incident um, two to three weeks ago. I think it was where there was a court storming. I forget who I, I forget who the team was, but it was against uh, Iowa women's oh, basketball, yeah. and someone ran into Caitlin yeah. Clark. There was no injuries mm -hmm. there. Um, but in, in general, we haven't seen you know people getting hurt. And, and again, as far as these individual students who make contact with Kyle Filipowski, I think they should be, I think they, they should be punished for it because they they clearly there was there was intentional contact made there. Uh, but again, in general, like uh, to me, if you punish, my thing is, I think if you punish those guys uh, who who did what they did to Kyle. I think that will discourage or dissuade, hopefully at least, uh, fans of the future. Like, hey, if you make contact with an athlete or a coach, like there's going to be there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be consequences for it. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Finally, with you, John. John, should there be any sort of regulation or or policing in any type of way with with storming the court, storming the field, whatever the case may be? Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, when you think of college, man, that's what you think of, right? When 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 the game ends, or you hit a buzzer beater, or you you hit a rank you beat a ranked team when you're unranked, like. That's what the students wait for, man. Just a bum rush, and you see it on TV, you see it everywhere, and it's cool. And just like he said, like, it's not a lot of incidents that happen. Like I said, recently happened the last couple times, you know what I mean, last couple months. But other than that, man, what you going to do, uh, delay it 10 seconds, you know what I mean, for the fans to go? I think they do it in college football, right? I think they delay it a little second. Yeah, they they're not terribly the successful. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, the, the, the rate is, you know, to leave it alone. How the rate is and the percentages of – athletes getting hurt and stuff like that it's to leave it alone man it's a part of the game you know the kids go out there that's what they look forward to they out there for eight hours some of the kids out there you know what i mean just waiting for their team especially if there's it's an upset man like you can't you can't beat that at all man that's just a rush of you just storming the court you know what i mean obviously like how you said and i was going to say in this point was <clears throat> you know the, the people that the students that make contact with the with the players yeah definitely should be punished Missed a game or two, you know what I mean? Should be suspended a game or two. Oh, for the rest of the season, you know what I mean? And that'll take some of the <clears throat> some of the things away from, like, if they see an athlete, they they stare away, you know what I mean? Because some of them athletes, just like the girl that hit Kaylin, she was just running. Like, she was just running full speed, was just happy, and just happened to, you know, bump her, and obviously, you know, she flew or whatever like that. And the same for his case. Like, you know, he got bum-rushed by a couple people. Maybe it was intentional, maybe not, but they're just excited kids, man. Like I said, they've been tailgating. That's just been waiting for this rivalry. And they were just excitement, man. So I think if you just, you know, warn the students, like, listen, just be careful of the players. Don't try to uh, try to avoid the players to the best of your possibility, like, you know, best of your abilities. 
and then go from there. But it's definitely part of college football, man. Like, I just part of college football, I would say in general, is just storming the court, storming the field, and knocking down the field goal post. At, well, they stopped the field goal post, right? Knocking down the field goal post. Well, yeah, and in college football, that, right? yes. Yeah, college, that's what I mean. This is just part of the game, especially college sports, man. So leave it in, just give the students a warning, and just don't run into the players, man, to the opposing players, and to their own players, too, that can get hurt. For sure, and I, I think there's a lot of, again, because this is so rare, and again, this could be a different conversation if, say, a couple of months from now, if, like, I don't know, right, during right. March Madness or something, something happens, it's like, okay, we, there needs to maybe be starting, you know, some changes starting need to be made. But, uh, again, a lot of it for me, and, again, I guess we'll learn more about this individual case, a lot of it for me was this was sort of a an outlier incident where a couple of, of unruly fans that, you know, Adam sort of brought up earlier, uh, maybe had a little bit too much to drink, whatever the case may be. Still didn't excuse it, but, you know, sort of the, the reason behind it that I don't know if it was intentional to go after Kyle Filipowski or, you know, again, the the, the students a couple, a couple weeks ago going after Caitlin Clark, whatever the case may be. Um, our, our guy, uh, AJ, in the comments says, uh, should be charged with assault or battery if you touch an athlete, make the repercussions clear and follow through. I, I think that's a good way to go about it in terms of, like, making it clear um, that you, you, you don't need to be – you can celebrate, you can have fun with your, your friends and all that, but you, you don't need to be, like – swinging at anybody and, and, and still right. have a good time. So there's no question about that. Both y'all made it tough. I, I I agree with just about everything both of y'all said. Uh, but again, there can be only one winner in the 8 o'clock spot. And it was tight. It was contested. And the winner, as we dial up the celebration music, music uh, a little delay, the winner of the 8 o'clock spot this week is... Adam Bessie of the Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast, the champion for the 8 o'clock spot. Congratulations, Adam. Your reaction, Adam? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pumped. Uh, I I, pre I haven't been on as much. Uh, shows that the amount of times I have been on and 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 winning, I should come on more so I can take down guys like Dalton off the top leaderboard. Um, get Barry to be bit, a little bit more buried. I think I said something to Barry and he got upset, and so he decided to leave. We'll leave it at that. Um, so maybe I'm starting a new kind of uh, trend against Barry, but you know I appreciate these conversations, and it's one of those things where I'm holding my tongue the whole time because when John's making points, I want to be like, yeah, that's good, and then talk to him about it. Or when Bryson's saying something, I want to say it back. So I I do like the format where you kind of have to say it, and then if you didn't get your point across, then you you, you don't you, you don't have a secondary chance to to get additional points. But it, uh, it was good good topics today when we were stretching for topics pre-show uh, and uh, it was nice being on the panel here with you, John, sorry to walk away the winner there, dog. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so two, two multi-time former champions on the eight o'clock spot. Adam comes away with, with the title uh, or, or again, our guy, AJ in the comments, boosh, very excited to see, uh, very excited to see uh, his, his uh, Cowboys camp and compadre uh, get the W John, John, heck of a performance uh, by you as well, my man. What, what's your, uh, what's your reaction to, to my decision-making there? Hey, man, like I said, it was, like you said, you was trying to pick stuff, questions to ask, man. It was definitely, you know, close one, you know what I mean? I was good either way, man. Like I said, we made, we both made great points, you know what I mean? Like you said, you kind of, you took some of my points before I got to say it, and he was saying stuff that I wanted to say. So it was a good one, good, man. Like I said, I always like these conversations as well, man, you know, different personalities come aboard, and, you know, we get to talk, talk our sports, what we know what to talk about, you know what I'm saying? I do sure. think that I do think I want to be on again with John and allow because I think the last couple ones I went before John and I was gonna say I was gonna say to Bryson like you know maybe give John the the first shot to go. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good idea. 
but I didn't I didn't want to say yeah. it because guess what? I wanted to win there, John. So <laughs> one, we'll, re we'll hey. reverse it and you'll get to go first there, John. <laughs> we need to do for sure a rematch. I mean, y'all are both pretty high in the standings. Obviously, Adam moves uh, up pretty high. Obviously, we'll update the leaderboard by next week's show. But, uh, again, two multi-time champions. Both gave it. They're all both put together fantastic efforts. So, shout-out to, uh, to y'all. Shout-out to Barry as well. Able to compete earlier in the show. And uh, that is all the time for today's uh, edition of the 8 O'Clock Spot. Be sure to check us out next week, next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time, live on the Grid Network uh, YouTube channel and Twitter account. And follow our Grid Network YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Follow us. Follow Cowboys Cam Fan, follow Adam Bessie, follow John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast, uh, and, and give Carving It Up a, a little subscribe as well. We'd all greatly appreciate the support and the love. Shout out to Adam. Congratulations for winning the championship this week. Shout out to John Rivera for a great performance once again. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Peace. Ooh.